Buckle up, friends, and welcome to the Thriving Alcohol-Free Podcast. I'm your host, Deb, otherwise known as Mocktail Mom, a retired wine drinker that finally got sick and tired of spinning on life's broken record called Detox to Retox. Let this podcast be an encouragement to you if alcohol is maybe a form of self-care for you, where you find yourself dragging through the day waiting to pour another glass. I am excited to share with you the fun of discovering new things to drink when you aren't drinking and the joy of waking up each day without a hangover. It is an honor to serve as your sober fun guide. So sit back and relax or keep doing whatever it is you're doing. This show is produced for you with love from the great state of Kentucky. Thanks so much for being here and big time cheers. You guys, welcome back to Thriving Alcohol Free. I'm so excited for my guest today. We had to reschedule and I have been looking forward to this. It's going to be a girl's chat. We don't know each other. We got connected by a friend of mine on Instagram who was like, you have to follow her. This is Paige Ryan. If you're not following her on Instagram, you need to be. She's so much fun. And Paige, thank you for being my guest today. Oh, damn. I almost want to say I have like a buzz thinking about being on this. Not a buzz, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. A sober buzz. Sober buzz. buzz. Yeah, sober buzz. buzz. Okay, so you specialize in helping people with their interior design to feel. Can you explain what you do? The magic that you do because you're HGTV star, and I'm just a little starstruck today. X X X. I I did have a career HGTV. um, Broken up with HGTV. Yeah, yeah. We're we we're no longer on speaking terms. That's not true. I don't I don't watch it anymore. But it's not 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 that I'm resentful or anything. But I did have a career in HGTV. Actually, my I worked on a show called Hidden Potential. And when we got when I got there, the producer said, "Okay, we're gonna give you one page of information about the family, and then we're gonna say uh, lights, camera, action, and you're gonna you know work with them and and develop." these homes on the market and you're going to tell them what could be possible for these homes in the market on camera. And so well, I got to talk to these people first. We got to, we got to spend some quality time together. We have to break bread or I need to know what makes them tick because for me, the home is so in- intensely personal. And this idea that like, you know, I'm going to be essentially working for them and helping them build a home, but I only have one sheet of paper. I mean, what? So I got to, I, I made a commitment to know the people intimately. And I learned that HG and some of the cultures about home is about kind of vanilla. Like, well, everybody wants what Joanna Gaines is selling and everybody wants what's a crate and barrel and everybody. Well, not really. I think when you're talking about if you're still sensitive like myself and your you know, home is a sanctuary and it's a place of respite and it's a place to be known and to belong and to feel connected, you need to, the home is very specific and it can, and very unique. And so I, I think that that's important to my work. Even though I'm in the most vanilla room right now, I haven't gotten to it yet. It's brand new. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's a brand new room that you're sitting in, is it? Literally, really? I have a piece of art there. I haven't even gotten to get it up yet. This is like the christening of the room. But I was like, oh, should I do something? Great for, I want to look, anyway, I didn't get to it. But that's the truth. Like, it's a slow process. I don't know if that art's going to go up. It's in its tryout. We'll see. You know, we'll, we'll work I it like out. that. The try- well, I have a lot of tryout things right now in my house. Like, they've been like, okay, do I hang it up or do I just leave it sitting there? Yeah, oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It's a challenge, but I love, it's very personal. It's what's right for you and your family. Yeah. And that's born out of being a sensitive person, which is sort of why I chose to dive into alcohol on you know, many occasions early in my life, I think, because I was sensitive in the world. I'm sensitive with other people. There's no rule book. Um, I have a lot of feelings. I'm a big feeler. And I think sensitive to my environment, sensitive to others, is sort of, I think, primes the pump to be someone to have a problem with substances and be seeking sort of that chemical comfort, for sure. Chemical comfort. And how long have you been alcohol-free? Or what do you call yourself? Sober? What, what is there a certain word that you use, you prefer to use? Or does it not matter? Well, I think it matters. I mean, I, I've been in recovery 
I'm in the food program and the beverage program. So I've learned that I, I can't handle either well um, without a framework and, and, and support for 25 years. I have had to learn a few times that I can't handle alcohol. It's not something that stuck with me 25 years ago in motherhood, in the challenges of, of having babies in children going to school and children having their own struggles. I said, you know what, (laughs) maybe I can do this. And unfortunately I just can't. So I have learned over the years a few times that I can't, and I have tried to go back to it and I'm with not good results. So yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, this is not working. Yeah, what is it? Is it like there, there's something in our head sometimes I think that it's like, okay, maybe I'll try again. Maybe I could now, maybe this time I can moderate. Like we play games with our heads, right? Like this is going to be the time. Well, I think you put that, you use the word, I can't moderate. And some people can, you know, and, and if you can, you can, I, I can't moderate. And, and I think it's, that's something that I've known, but alcohol is, is very seductive. And I think in our culture too, it's, uh, we lie to ourselves sometimes that with the help of the culture, you know? Yeah, yeah. Did you ever imagine yourself being free, being in recovery? To be honest, I didn't because I was, I grew up, my dad owned a bar our whole life. And so I've been out around alcohol and I've kind of been aware of its pitfalls from a really young age. I mean, I feel like my dad was very frank with us. We had people coming in at 11 a.m., you know, looking for a, a vodka cranberry, light pink, you know, at 11 a.m. I, I, I mean, I was, as a young teenager, I, I literally was, was around that. But I never thought for me, I would say no more. I, I always thought because also I really enjoyed alcohol. I really, I, I joke around, I really liked my drunk self. I really liked her. She was fun. She didn't have anxiety. She didn't have a busy head. She wasn't afraid of people. She knew what to say. Unfortunately, she was on a ramp and she didn't get off. So. <laughs> she didn't go off until it fell off. Yes. So she fell off the yeah. ramp. And then I became someone that nobody liked. You know what I mean? Somebody that, it, was a, it was a gal that you know vomited and did things and put herself in danger and kind of wasn't a good friend and couldn't be a friend and couldn't really do much. And so sort of non-functional. And so unfortunately that because I can't moderate, I wasn't able to sort of be that sort of the fun, carefree person. In retrospect, I know now that even that fun, carefree gal is putting anxieties and other problems on hold just for a few hours, but they'd be right back. You know what I mean? Even if I was able to moderate, I still don't think it's a great way to take care of that discomfort, even for a few hours, because I think, again, we need a bigger solution for those things. Yeah. At some point, you're going to have to go through it. At some point, you're going to walk through it. Yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah. How has recovery impacted like your career? And just your family, your family life. Oh, gosh, it touches everything, really. It sort of reframes uh, how I view people. I mean, because I think, you know, for me, I mean, alcohol and substances. And again, I, I could probably attend four or five different programs. I'm a compulsive person. And one that's sort of almost programmed for self. It's a d- d- dramatic to say program for self-destruction. But I can be very self-destructive in different ways. Give me a couple credit cards. Give me... <laughs> Give me a Seven Eleven, you know. Uh, give me an Amazon Prime account. Um, oh, yeah. There's a there's a whole recovery group right there. I mean, to be honest, never been porn, never been cigarettes, but give me time. You know what I mean? Like, give me time. And so I'm very humble in those areas. And I know sometimes now you put those down, and then the work begins. Right? The, the putting it putting it down is hard, but then the work begins about revealing what those. So so it's changed my marriage. It's changed how I parent. It's changed how I'm a daughter. It's changed how I'm a friend. I still have as many feelings and as many um, skirmishes as anybody else, but I think it gives a framework for handling those things. And also this idea that we're always growing, like we're always growing and, and changing. And I think that's God's plan for us. I think sometimes God puts a plan in hyperdrive <laughs> when he asks you to put stuff down because you're really looking at stuff maybe more intensely, I think. You know, sober living is you're, you're feeling more. Yeah, it's That's very raw. It. It's you're feeling it raw. Yeah. But we can trust him. We can trust in him 
through it. Absolutely. Well, and we can trust the feelings like God, if you're feeling a lot and I, I, I feel a lot, like I, I trust that that's not a mistake. You know, for a long time, I felt like this is something wrong. You know what I mean? I'm this sensitive or that God, God, what were you thinking? But I think that's how the Lord made me. And so I can trust that I can weather the storms without booze, without drugs, you know, without junk food, without... You know, buying something. And that even it's relates to my work too, because I think in our culture, even if we're not boozing or something like that, we might sort of think, well, I'm unhappy in my house. Let me just buy buy some stuff, you know? And I think you can do that. And there's times when buying things for the home is mandated and necessary and so forth. But I think we've gotten to a trap of like buying as like a solace and a short-term fix and like just making me feel better. I, I wish I lived in a different neighborhood. Frankly, I wish I, I have problems in my marriage, but I, a couple of new things at home goods. And for the afternoon, I feel a little bit better. Well, I'm happy for you, I guess, that it wasn't booze and drugs and you didn't get a DWI, you know, <laughs> but, at the, but at the same time, I, I still think there, there's a better option for the house too. And, I, and the way I feel about the house is like, let's not cheapen it. Let's make it thoughtful and take our time. And Yes. Okay. Yes. Talk about how you help people, how you encourage them in living in their house, in in being in their space and making it their space. Can you talk about that? Sure. So I think the first thing is that the focus is really on the other person. Like when someone asked me for help, I said, you need to tell me about you. You need to tell me what you like. You need to stop saying I'm not good at it, or I don't really know what this is. You do know what you like, what you've always been drawn to, colors that you've always thought were, were beautiful. And wait, I don't you know mean? how to hang. I know because you're <laughs> saying that. And literally, do you, do you know how many times I have said, I'm not good at this? Like I'm not. I have these shelves behind me, which I love. I put my little stuff on them. They make me happy, right? Okay. But I have nothing on the walls right now behind me because I don't know what to hang up. It's so silly. I have problems, Paige. I have a, I have a thought. So maybe I'm, maybe I'm your, I'm your pretension. I'm, I should be listening to all this. God, tell well, me, help well, me. Let's address that though, because I think there does come like a paralysis with like, I don't know what to do. I don't know the right way. And there's this idea that it's like, there's, there's a right answer and there's a wrong answer. I don't believe in right and wrong. I Agree. don't think it's Agree. Like, yep. it's got two options there. It's like, I could put a thousand things behind you. You know what I mean? Like I could put wallpaper. I could put a gallery wall. I could put one giant piece of art. I could fill all those shelves. By the way, I think the shelves are really cool. I am still fascinated by liquor bottles, which is. <laughs> well, I put, I got little lights at Ikea and I put them in my used, you know, my finished up um, bottles. And it's just like a fun little thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've turned me on to non-alcoholic booze, which I have, again, I at some point I have to look at that because I, I do miss the festivity of, of something beyond a seltzer. You know what I mean? And I think it's not until I really started watching you. It's like, you know what? I can't, it can be more fun than this. It can be more light. And I love that so much about your work and content. Oh, it is thank light. you. Yeah. Keep it fun. Keep it fun. We don't have to be so serious. Yes. It's just a drink. Yeah. 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 And I think a lot of times when you're at a party or at a cocktail party, people want something in their hands and they want to wet their whistle, you know, but not everybody's there to get drunk. And so to make it fun anyway. So I, I love that. But back to the house, I, I really think it's about what, what back there, like, so, you know, whether when you're doing these podcasts or whether you're walking into that room, like what would give you joy? And then at what, like, I don't know how tall you were, but where does it have to be? So your eye hits the right spot. There are some tips about like where to hang it and, and how to hang it. But I think it starts with like what art or what pieces really appeal to you and speak to you. And what happens is we see so many images. I'm not sure what your Instagram feed looks like, but my Instagram feed is a lot of other people's homes. We're bombarded by people's homes all the time. And that a lot of times clouds our vision of like what we might want and we're sure, well, that woman, I think she really does it and knows it. And, and then you add like real estate anxiety with so much anxiety that you can't sell your house if you really need to, like on a dime and things like that. So I think that our vision gets clouded. But I always encourage, let's start with you and especially something related to your story. Like I love that you have those bottles up because you could have anything on there, but those bottles are part of your story. They're literally like, 
what you've consumed. You know what I mean? Literally what I've consumed. Yes, you're exactly right. They are. Okay. What is your feeling about... Okay. Because when you say like, what do you like? So I personally love photos. I love photos like of my kids. I love pictures. I love photos. Then you hear people say, don't hang photos, right? Blah, blah, blah. So I know. Like, So can you help me with that challenge? Like I have, I look out my door right here into the hallway and there's a huge collage thing, which I know is probably like 1980s look, whatever. I don't care. I love it. There's pictures of my kids in there that like are such treasured memories. It makes me happy every time I walk by it. I'm going to cry. Oh my gosh. So help me because I would love to just put pictures, which <laughs> I'd love to put photos all over the walls. That's not, what do you do? <laughs> what do so I first do? First of all, I mean, what is the house for? <laughs> like, what yeah, are we, I know, I know. Right? Like, yes. what is the purpose of the home? And I, I have changed my stance on photos. When I, I have wrote my first book in 2016, it says, Love the House You're In. And I had, it really was about embracing who you are, but I did have a, <laughs> I did have some vestiges of design snobbery in there. And I said, okay, let's well with the, the photos. And I had like a whole conversation around, I love photos, but like, let's choose wisely. And I also, I'm, I'm big on like, if you're looking at the photo, like on your desk, there's one scale. If you're looking at it on a wall and you're walking by a few feet away, like, like the face is this small, like doesn't make sense. Like that was kind of, I was kind of making that. I think I've softened my sense. Photos are like a medicine in the home. They remind us of who has died, who is no longer with us. They reminded us of times that are now gone. They remind us of those chubby cheek babies who are now you know, teenagers or adults or grown children. So I, I think they are kind of medicinal. I think we have to have them up. I think perfectionizing them just means you'll never do it. Like, so there's so many people say, I want to do a gallery wall, but I have to get this printed. And okay, you got to start somewhere. I do want to talk about one thing that, I, you know, I can give you the information after because I'm not going to be able to name it perfectly. But there's a new, there's a lot of new ways to affix things on the walls without a nail. And that kind of takes the risk out of it. There's like a clear silicone, it looks like a credit card and it's, it has a adhesive on the front and the back and you put one on the art and one on the wall. I'm like testing it to see how heavy art can I use. And I actually didn't have time, but I wanted to put that in. But it's like, I, I want to say, does it damage the art and so forth? But there are for lighter stuff, like a light flicker, the 3M products, I mean, absolutely work. And then that's no less risk. You can change. There's even ones with Velcro. So you could change out, you know, cause I'm a big changer. <laughs> like, I don't like that picture anymore. I want to change, change stuff up. So I think those are possibilities too. It's a little bit low risk. You get to change. Another tip I really like is, again, this is probably something that's like come and gone in the, in the parlance of some sort of design trends. When there's ever, ever a piece about the trends, I just, I just erase it because I feel like it, it's such a, use, a useless conversation because what we like can have a freshness, but whether it's a trend or not, it should not be the calculus of what goes in the home. If you're buying a show, you're designing a show home, you know, to be, you know, to be sort of non-specific to anybody, maybe trends relate to a certain buyer, but for your own home, I think they're irrelevant. So this is a caveat, but there's something called a photo ledge and it's a long shelf that goes out about four inches and then has like a two inch lip. It's called a photo ledge. You can get them on Amazon. You can get them on Overstock or Wayfair. They come in black or Navy or wood, white, and then you can stack photos or art in the ledge and then change them whenever you want. So I, I for I someone like not, yeah, not maybe that'd be nice. Me. Yeah. And you can get them like the whole width of your room and you can just, you know, depending on how you can do a few of them. So that's a nice way to do it too. You are putting a hole in the wall, but you're giving yourself flexibility to change. Yeah. Things. Yeah. Yeah. Cause then you can change it. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Okay. Very nice. You're helping me. It's like a personal therapy session. I was not expecting for my home for my podcast room. Cause this used to be my daughter's. Well, it's, it still is. She's coming home this weekend. My daughter, who's uh, a senior in college, this is her bedroom that I've completely hijacked. I mean, I have a desk that goes up and down now in here, which I love the little standing desk or whatever. So that's been helpful, but her bed is still here. So when she comes home, she can't, she has a place to sleep, but I've taken all her pictures down, but I didn't put anything back up. 
I haven't done anything. So, but she, she's welcome anytime. <laughs> well, you know, look, this is, you know, it's, it's getting more use when she's away than yeah. when she's home, you know, and I think that she's probably a big, a huge fan of yours. So can't be a mocktail mom, right? Without the girls. I guess. <laughs> right, can't right. be the mom part. <laughs> It shouldn't come as a surprise that I am a massive fan of Geeson's 0% Wines, and I am so proud to have them as the exclusive non-alcoholic wine sponsor of the Thriving Alcohol-Free Podcast. If you're reducing your alcohol intake, Geeson's alcohol Remove Wines are a phenomenal alternative without sacrificing anything except maybe a hangover. Geeson's 0% Wines are not grape juice in a wine bottle. There is some serious science that goes into every single bottle of their alcohol-removed options. Their full-strength wines go through advanced spinning cone technology, where the alcohol is removed, but the wine maintains the aroma and the body to create a low-calorie wine that never contains more than 0.5 ABV. Friends, I was not good at science, but the Giessen winemaker Duncan, he sure was, so I trust the magic of Giessen's alcohol-removed deliciousness. Giessen comes from the Marlboro region of New Zealand, widely available in global markets. If I can get it here in Kentucky, you can probably find it where you are too. And don't worry if you've been saying it wrong. I said it wrong for the longest time. It's Geeson, spelled G-I-E-S-E-N. Sounds like the geese that maybe you see at the park. I hope you love it. Um, okay, are there certain books that encouraged you or encourage you on your alcohol-free journey or on your in your recovery? Is there something like that's been inspirational for you? What's been most helpful, like a either book or program or like people you follow? You know, so I, hmm, let me say something more recent because I said I've been I've been um, attending twelve step meetings for a long time for twenty five years. And I think they were like in some ways like my my you know coming of age or sort of my maturation kind of happened really there. And I really learned about my limitations and I learned about sort of my brokenness, but also my tendencies. And that there's an expression we say in recovery programs like "I'm a pickle." Like I, there's not going back. And I I've had to learn that a couple times, but I believe now it is firm. And so books wise, you know, you know, obviously AA has its own literature, but there's been something recently that I want to share. I don't know if you've heard it, but Huberman Lab is like this very popular science podcast. And I don't know if we talked about this, about Andrew Huber Labs. He did an alcohol episode. It was phenomenal, right? It blew my, it blew my mind. I mean, this is something I didn't, a lot of science I had never heard. I think I got even mad thinking a lot of that science has been hidden from us, especially as women and consumers that this is not new science, you know, but because the alcohol you know, industry and the hospitality industry, and even in our culture, that it has become synonymous with recreation. You know, I remember my dad telling me a couple of weeks ago that at, when he was growing up, they didn't have beer at all the sports, like professional baseball games and stuff like that's like a novel thing that it hasn't always been like that. So in my I lifetime, it has. Think about but, that. Yeah. I'm trying to think like going to the Phillies games growing up, like if there was like a lot of beer. I, I mean, I don't, my dad was- You grew up in Philly? I grew up in Philly. Yeah. I grew up outside Philly, city of brotherly shove. How about you? I grew up right outside New Jersey. Oh, I used to go down to the Jersey Shore. Me too. I still do. <laughs> okay. I used to go down to Ocean City. Me too. Me too. No, you did not. Dry town, ironically, but yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You're exactly right. I remember people used to like go over the bridge, right, to go. Oh yeah. Get Circle their liquor. booze. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. So did you eat mac and mango pizza? Of course, of course. Now it's mango and mango, but yes, of course. Oh, of they course. changed the name. Yes. I, I have such good memories of Ocean City. Like I just want to go down there. I have such good memories of Ocean City. It's such a great, it really is a great town. It's, it's very a great sweet. Town. My kids yeah. love it. I mean, I, I grew up thinking like, shouldn't we go somewhere else? And no, now, you should now go walk the there. boardwalk, go play the games, go on the little rides. Yeah, it's great. It's very wholesome. And the beaches, you can't really beat it. I mean, we live in Maryland and so a lot of people go to Delaware and the, uh, Maryland, New Jersey, the beaches goes on forever. There's so much sand. It's just yeah, great. Yeah. And trash. <laughs> and trash. And trash. 
<laughs> Make sure you have your beach tag on if you're walking. You gotta have your beach tag. You gotta, you gotta have, have your beach, beach tag. tag. It's a whole thing. Okay, wait, what were we talking about? I'm sorry, I got totally we're distracted. We're talking about Philly. So my, my dad grew up in Philadelphia and then we grew up right outside, but also he, in Philly's games specifically. He was saying okay, his so parents the beer, would go. Yeah, beer wasn't like a like, part of no. the sports. Yeah. So now it's, it's part of everything. Like you can possibly have an event in my house and not have liquor. And, and, and I, we've pondered that because we've decided to make, to make a dry house for ourselves. It's partly the ages of my children where, where I am in my uh, recovery and my, even my husband's decision after listening to the Aberman podcast, he's not in recovery, but I think that was really convicting to him. There's just a lot of science. And we're talking about a very significant carcinogen. He has cancer. His mother died of cancer at 62. So there's just some significant reasons, health reasons, you know, for someone that has a serious problem with alcohol, all those reasons don't matter. I mean, it's really hard to apply like rationale when you, when you're addicted to something. But for someone who's just like been casual and maybe a little even too casual about sort of that chemical change of mind or that chemical peace of mind that some of us are after, I think it was it was very convicting. The most convicting piece for me was that for anxiety, and I mentioned this earlier, but this is real science, that for anxiety, if you suffer from anxiety, which I do, um, when you drink, it is worse the next day. There's something even in the pituitary gland that is kicked up. So your your average level of things you're coping with, it's harder to cope with those after the alcohol wears off in the next day. It's crazy. I'm not a person that struggles with anxiety, but after, you know, drinking too much the next day, I'd have that anxiety, you know, my anxiety was off the charts. Yeah. Feeling depressed and yeah, it's not, not helping. I will link, I'll make sure we link the Huberman podcast in the notes for anybody who hasn't heard it because it's life-changing. It's a commitment. It's long, right? He's, yeah, he's yeah, yeah. Like, like, a little Joe Rogan-ish, but yeah, yeah. But it's worth it. Listen to it on 1.5. It's worth it. Also, I think also, we, you know, there's a lot, been a lot of women about women and wine and red wine might be good for you. And he really dispels that. Like there's absolutely no evidence that there's any health value, period. I mean, you, you can decide to drink whether you want to or not, but please don't think there's any health value because there really isn't. And I think that was that was important to hear too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just the culture you're saying and just the marketing, it's marketed to us. as like, this is good for you. And this is, you know, this is what we all do, right? I love that you have a dry house now. I love that. Yeah, like that yeah, it's, yeah. When you have people over. And so are you incorporating any alcohol-free option? Obviously, everything's alcohol-free, coffee and water. But I mean, like any like, you know, mocktails or alcohol-free beers or anything like that. Not that you have to. I'm just curious because I know everybody feels differently about alcohol-free drinks. Yeah, no, you've piqued my interest in that for sure. And I think like, I have to tread lightly for it because I'm also sugar free. And that's because I sugar and I are not friends either. So I have to be uh-huh. mindful uh-huh. of that. Um, I have tried a few things. I have a couple of people have sent me some stuff, some some alcohol free stuff. I haven't found anything like I love yet, but I'm open. Like I'm open to that alcohol free beer. Like on occasion, I've done when I was pregnant, I drank some alcohol free beer. But again, I'm just learning. It's like, that's a whole new world for me. I do think that there is something about a celebration there's something about having something special. You know, we do a lot of kid, co- we call them kid cocktails in our house where it's like, it's seltzer and a little bit of cranberry juice and the lemon. And just like, I think festivity in the home is really important. And so I'm big on like, break out the China. Like, and you know, we, my kids have eaten on our, ch- we're not waiting for an adult dinner party, which I might not have anytime soon. Paige, so. I love that. Yeah. I yeah, love yeah. that. Celebrate everything with your kids. Yeah. Celebrate life. Well, don't wait. I mean, you get the stuff. You got the stuff, break it out. And I think that actually conveys the message that the house is for them and that the things are for them. We're not reserving this special stuff. So when these relatives come over or these adults come over, like, no, this is our stuff and we're using it. And you do take a risk. They're going to break it. I mean, you take a risk, but I think the risk is worth it. We've broken a few things here and there. 
But I don't know. I, I still think it's cool to see my my 15 year old who's 250 pounds offensive lineman. No, he's not. He, he is. He is. Oh my gosh. To yeah. see him using like, you know, my mother's China. I don't know. It's cool. It's like, this is for everybody. And I think, I, I think with kids too, especially since we don't drink and we don't have that, the Russia festivity that is sometimes associated with drinking, we can have it anyway. I mean, that's what we want, what we're trying to teach. That's beautiful. So beautiful. Oh my gosh. So how many kids do you have? You have four we, we kids. Four. We four, four kids. Okay. Okay. And you have what? Three boys? One, is that three right? One girl? and a daughter. Yes. Oh three my goodness. And a daughter. Yes. Okay. It's a busy house. It is busy. Yeah. And there's times I'm like, ooh, having a drink would make this hustle a little bit easier. Or these worries, you know, worrying about them. Yeah. Take the edge off. But again, I know myself and I know I want more than take, I want to do more than take the edge off. <laughs> you know, yeah. I want more. And I'm trying now to, when I get that like edge and that like, oh gosh, is to really take that as a sign. I can't always address it in the moment. Sometimes I'm literally like between things, but to even make a note, like this is, I hate to use the word red flag because it sounds like it, but this is like a flag for me. Like when, when that comes up as like a real desire to pick up, that's a flag that I have to address at some point. So I have something called a catcher, which is like I, I did data dump my notes and I write down like, this is like flag, like or seeing something like that, like something's coming up, but I have to address at some point. I can only kick the can down the road so long because to me, those, that hunger, if you will, I think ultimately is a hunger for God that I look for in all different kinds of places. And so I'm going to have to take time with him, time with quiet, time in nature, time with my dogs, time mm. a little unplugged. And I, I think the note taking helps me not wait too long for that. That's really good. Totally makes sense. Yeah. And sometimes I get to my notebook and it's like flag, flag, flag. <laughs> my whole life is a red flag. <laughs> <laughs> like 10 flags and I have to catch up one on the weekend. But. Oh, but it's so good. Yeah. And to recognize like, what are those situations or what is that? You know, like I know for me, sometimes it's just in the evening where it's just like, okay, I'm done. Like I have to clock out. Like I'm not, it's not like bedtime yet necessarily, but it's that time where I'm like, I'm at the end. Like I've done too much. So to say like, okay, like last night I was like, I'm going to go take a bath. Like I just have to like, just clock out for just a few minutes to just have some peace and quiet, you know, but recognizing those, you know, love that a catcher. Is that what you call it? You write it down. I like that. Catcher. Yeah. Like a little notebook, a catcher. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Cause sometimes, right. You can't necessarily address it right then. You can't. What it was that was triggering me or I don't know what the right word is, but you know, kind of pushing me over the edge. Like a drink would be nice right now. That feeling of like a drink would be nice right now. And that's not a foreign thought. And just no matter how far we are on our recovery or alcohol-free journey, having that thought, nothing's wrong with us. Like to have that thought of like, it's just, it's just acknowledging it, addressing it. What is, what's causing that? Yeah. I mean, if we were a car, it'd be like the check engine light. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. if we were like a computer, it would be like battery, <laughs> boot <laughs> or something, something like that. That's so true. It's just a warning sign. And you also, you mentioned something about winding down. I mean, I am somebody that can be very, very intense. Like I have a, a high capacity for intensity. And so I do need to find a way in lots of different ways to wind down or to go to neutral or to relax. I can't just go from my day to sleep. Like this has never worked for me. And I've actually learned like I am a very physical sort of person. And so I need to smell something. I need to taste something. There might be tea. I love to laugh. I really need funny. I just found this hilarious Instagrammer. Oh my God. I mean, there's so many, there's a million. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Okay. I need to laugh. I need to giggle. I need to connect to, I need to connect with my husband. Sometimes I connect with my kids now that they're older because they're going to bed so late. Connect with them a little bit. Just something. To me, that's a great wind down. To me, I kind of like, okay. Yeah. Not parenting in the, okay, I'm problem solving, but like even with my older son, sometimes we'll just giggle about something before he goes to bed. And that can be part of, that's less parenting and more just connecting. Yeah. Downshifting. Mm -hmm. It's so important. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not one of those people who can like just walk in the house and like be straight into the bed. No. 
there has to be like the the wind down, yeah, to settle down. Sometimes I go to the phone and I feel like that also has to have limits. <laughs> so, because <laughs> I'm a compulsive person and I can do it all night if something's funny. Well, this is funny. Maybe it'll be funny for three hours. You know? <laughs> <laughs> if it's funny now, it'll be even funnier at three in the morning. <laughs> Let me make sure I see all the funny things. <laughs> make sure everything he's ever posted, I laugh at. That's hilarious. Yes. Oh, yeah, it's easy so to, me. it's very easy to get lost. Yeah. Yeah. And it's easy to compare, you know, like, especially you were saying like your feed is homes and interior design and stuff. And it's like, it's easy to compare and we have to just kind of be grateful for where we are, right? For whatever it is. Yeah. And for for the for whatever worth, I do think there's like a neurochemical or, or like a biological response to just any kind of stimuli. And so the fact that we have to at one point say like, no more stimuli, you know, no more stimuli or like, I have this thing, this is going to sound a little weird, but I feel like we can maybe fits. I don't know, but um, I've noticed that I really respond to smells that I really like. So I have this body butter that's lavender and I like, I rub my hands with it and it smells that it's such a reset to give myself a hand massage with this delicious lavender body butter stuff. I can't even tell you. It's just having something smell and, and there's no more phone and it's, and my hands are always dry. You know what I mean? Always, always dry. And to me, that is a physical sign that the day's done. And it's like, it's almost like a, okay, the day's done. That's the, the checkoff of the day. And so I look forward to that. I mean, this is again, you know, I think 20 years ago, I'd been like, what? Like, yeah. you're not like drink until you pass out. You know what I mean? What do, you, what do you mean you're using lavender body butter? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, have but another cocktail. You remember yeah. what it's like before your eyes close? Like, you know what I mean? But I mean, I think things shift and gosh, I've got this, so the, the richest in gifts I've gotten from putting down my substances is beyond literally my wildest dreams. I, all, everything I have in my life today is a result of that. It was not headed here. <laughs> was headed in a very different direction. Oh, yeah. God's grace on your life, Paige. Indeed. His Indeed, grace. Deb. Yeah. Amazing grace. Unending grace. Okay. So I want to make sure everybody knows where to follow you. It's Paige Rain. It's R-I-E-N. Ryan. Yes. Paige Ryan. I'm saying it wrong again. It's okay. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it was a TV issues. name. It was a TV name that stuck. Okay. So yes, your last name is your stage name? So when I was on TV... This is a crazy story, but they said Rienzo, that's my married name. You don't look Italian. I mean, maybe I do. I don't know. But they said, you don't look Italian. You need to change your name. Enough. You don't look Italian. Enough. And I was, you know, young. Hold spaghetti. Let's see now how she looks. (laughs) (laughs) Because I have an Italian grandmother. That's the crazy thing. But I was young and I was in New York and I was like, oh, this is my first legitimate TV job. Okay. Okay. Whatever you say. Whatever you say. I'm glad glad they didn't ask me to do more, Deb. You know what I mean? I'm glad they didn't have more weird propositions because I probably would have said yes to that too at that part of my journey. But I said, yeah, we'll we'll chop off the Zio and we'll just go with it and we'll be Ryan and I'll be like a mysterious, you know, European person. And so then it just stuck. And when I wrote my book, they're like, "Mm, wait, you know, Google Analytics tells us that that Ryan's going to be in your books too. And I'm like, oh, my poor poor father-in-law. But um, yeah, that's the (laughs) truth. That's the truth. That's awesome. Okay, so Paige Ryan, they can find you on Instagram and it's P-A-I-G-E-R-I-E-N. And then you're the author of two books, right? So do you want to tell Ray the first and second book, the titles of your books, so Ray can find those two? Sure. It's uh, Love the House You're In is my first book. And my second is Revived and Renovated. And I actually tell my recovery story in the last chapter of Revived and Renovated. Really? So, really? Yeah. And actually, you might like that concept. Revived and Renovated is that the work we do in the house, tinkering, fixing, improving, is a lot like what God's work is on us. And so that we talk about that parallel and that metaphor, because as someone, and I wrote this with a friend of mine, and we, Victoria Dursak, we love the house, we love tinkering. But if you think about it, like that is what God has done for each of us in a different way. And it's unique for each individual. Oh, so, but, true. Um, so true. Yeah. Yeah. And he's created us so uniquely 
Yes. So uniquely. Oh my goodness. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for doing this with me today. I'm so happy to record with you. Seriously. I, I just so grateful. adore I you. It. And I'm so glad we got connected and um, the fun world of Instagram to bring I know. Good two thing. girls, two Ocean City girls, girls Ocean from down City. the shore. That's right. yeah. I, I mean, now I graduated in high school, 89. You're younger okay, than I graduated in 93. Oh, so we were probably down the, sh- we were probably at the shore at the same time, probably, probably. walking the boardwalk, walking the board checking out the guys, wearing our o- OP, right? What was it? Like Ocean OP, Pacific, yeah, OP, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. All the like, like yeah. giant things and little shorts, somewhat little, not little like today, but little, you know, like a giant yeah. sweatshirt and like a, yeah, OP or at the arcade, you know. At the arcade. Oh my gosh. Such good memories. Okay. Love you. Love you. Love you. Thank you so much for doing this today. So Thank much fun. Thank you so much for having me, Deb. Big time cheers to you for tuning in to the Thriving Alcohol-Free Podcast. I hope you will take something from today's episode and make one small change that will help you to thrive and have fun in life without alcohol. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social, send up a flare, or leave a rating and a review. I am cheering for you as you discover the world of non-alcoholic drinks and as you journey towards authentic freedom. See you in the next episode.